I'm very excited to share this recording with you guys, which happened at our conference, sasopen.com, with over 100 speakers, all founders of B2B SaaS companies. We have a very high bar for what speakers share on stage, so you're going to enjoy this episode where we dive deep into revenue graphs, real tactics, and real growth metrics. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Thanks, everybody, for coming. This is the $10 million playbook for getting sales and marketing in harmony. Thank you for coming to this talk instead of watching March Madness. If any of you are watching on your phone, it's fine. Uh, Michigan State just beat USC. Xavier's about to get upset by Kennesaw State, so your bracket's probably busted. Thank you also for coming to this conference during National Couch Day. Um, I'm pretty much out of words at this point, so I'm going to keep this light. All right, over the next 20 minutes, we're going to talk about why SDRs and marketers don't get along, when to invest in those channels, when to reinvest in those channels, and also a new way to look at a lot of these things. I think you know, there's a lot of talk and there's a lot of content about what is good demand gen marketing, what is good SDR work, what is good sales development. What I want to propose is a few of my contrarian takes that I've built up through my career in both of these roles. I started my career at Andreessen Horowitz on their market development team helping their go-to-market for their portfolio companies. I was an intern, and while I sat in the intern room, I learned a lot from the finance MBAs that were there as well, and I also learned a lot from the portfolio companies. And what I had found, and well, at, during that experience, I moved, on, moved around a ton of logos, so uh, I now have an aversion to PowerPoint, so this slide is, these slides are going to be pretty brief. Um, but <clears throat> what I saw is that a lot of companies have a lot of different go-to-markets, um, and... I asked for advice, um, what should I do with my career? I was asking some of the Andreessen partners. And one of them, Frank Chen, told me, you can either, in Silicon Valley, and I knew I wanted to work in tech, you can either sell or you can build. And I was, you know, all of the credit short of a computer science degree, so I decided to go into sales. And I started my career as an SDR at Zora. And at that time, I was really divorced from the marketing side of things, and then I went into marketing after. But before I jump into more of those experiences, I want to talk about why we should care. This is a chart that is a linear regression. I'm sure you thought you were done with linear regressions after college economics, but sorry to bring it back. Um, that shows the more that marketing touches your leads before and after close, your clients, your prospects, the more revenue you can generate per client. While that sounds super intuitive, there's necessarily a handoff between marketing and sales at different parts of the funnel, and it's sort of a, an unspoken taboo for marketing to ever touch existing customers. So what I want to do is try to break down some of the, uh, the walls between sales and marketing, but first I want to talk about the cultural differences. So raise your hand if you've ever been in sales, you've ever had sales in your job title. Raise your hand if you're a CEO. Okay, so that's all the people that are in sales. Now raise your hand if you've ever been in marketing. Raise your hand if you're a CEO. Okay, so that's roughly two, like three quarters of the room has been in sales and marketing. Um, who has hired and recruited SDRs? 
Okay. Marketers, what do you think of SDRs? Just shout out keywords. Anyone else? Come on. Hungover? More on that later. So when I was an SDR, at the end of every quarter, we had a sales, we had an end of quarter party, and I thought about including this picture in the slideshow, but I decided against it. The photo was two SDRs and then two AEs, and it was a wheelbarrow competition where the AEs grabbed the SDR's legs, and the SDRs ran with their hands, and the first one to win got like an extra 100 bucks. And there's also a gong in the photo and a lot of beer and red cups. Um, when I was in demand gen marketing, our end of the quarter party was we had a nice hike and we drank white wine in Napa Valley. And that tells you everything you need to know. So we, I surveyed a bunch of marketing and sales folks. So for context, I'm the founder and CEO of Bloom Growth. We are a growth agency that combines outbound sales development and demand gen marketing, as you can tell us from my background. Um, and so I just wanted to list some of those conceptions. I would even call them misconceptions. So sales thinks, and this is the gripe that I heard around the water cooler when I was an SDR and an AE, is that sales, that marketing doesn't know the customers. They give you a bunch of leads that they can't follow up with. They do a whole lot of nothing. They spend time ideating and meditating and going and drinking white wine in Napa, but they don't actually know the customer or the product, and they sit in their ivory tower. And then... I got to demand gen marketing, and I was in charge of generating a lot of leads. I worked for a satellite imagery company called Planet Labs, and our goal was to generate as many people interested in downloading satellite data. I ran the free trial, and I commissioned satellite data from my own satellite, which was very interesting. Um, and in that time, I gave a bunch of leads to the sales leaders and the SDRs. What I had found is they didn't really follow up on those leads, no matter what kind of lead scoring I did. Um, they were impatient. If a lead wasn't really ready to buy, they didn't want to talk to them. Um, and they were self-serving, and they only wanted to close deals that helped their quota. And if you've ever seen a CRM after a sales team's been through with it, you know, it's like a messy room. So here's the original sin separating marketing and sales. And this is this pipeline that everyone's seen, awareness, interest, consideration. There's the handoff between MQL and SQL, and then sales takes it to close. Um, this is, you know, marketing, like I said, does not often engage with signed customers. There's this unilateral designation. It's marketing qualified sales. There's the M and there's the S, and don't touch it if it's on the other side. So common mistakes that cause this. So this is my contrarian take. Like, look, this funnel has worked for a lot of big companies. A lot of people made a lot of money with this, but I think that this model is broken. This is my contrarian take because people don't buy from salespeople anymore. I run an outbound agency, I've been in sales, I've been in a bunch of tech companies, I've advised and invested in a lot of tech companies, and people don't buy from brands unless your brand is Salesforce. So for every Salesforce, there are thousands of CRM companies trying to make uh, their own brand. People buy from people, and SDRs are the face of your brand and are typically undertrained and don't understand how representative they are of the brand marketing. Um, so why are these, these the executive misalignment, you know, you have a pipeline goal for marketing and a revenue goal for sales. Those two things are different. That's pretty self-explanatory. Um, the focus on acquisition only. So like I said, marketing only being focused on, okay, these channels drive revenue. Do they drive renewals? What are the churn rates? All that kind of stuff. And like I said, my contrarian take is that SDRs are actually brand marketers and should be treated as such. So how many people have SDRs in their organizations right now? 
Okay, how many people have a marketing budget of over $1,000 a month? $5,000 a month? $10,000 a month? Okay. So this is another contrarian take. So this is a very simple product market fit pyramid, and this is what companies do. They create a product, they figure out what the use case of the product is, they find their target customer, and they try to serve a need. And they want to validate that they have product and market fit before they invest too much in marketing itself, especially because, you know, VCs, they tell them that they need this. Nobody can really quantify what it is. Um, you sort of know it when you see it, but there's no one North Star stat that tells you what product market fit is. Um, what companies don't do is they don't look for channel market fit. So a lot of companies that fail or spend a lot of money doing the wrong thing is they think they have product market fit or they're experimenting product market fit, and what they find is their product didn't work because they couldn't sell it. But what they didn't do is they didn't find the right channel. And a lot of companies, they sprinkle a lot of channels because they want to have a bunch, a big robust team, somebody managing paid search, paid social, linked Instagram ads, whatever it may be. When in truth, you fit like, you know, basic PMF, you have an MVP, you find a target market, you find a channel that works, and you continue to invest in that. When is it time to hire an SDR? This is fairly straightforward. The inbound leads from marketing aren't being followed up with. Again, I'm saying marketing in the second, but it's uh, before inbound. So before you're actually talking to the leads, that slowing down, um, which, means you, which means you have to go out and find more leads. And then your closers are prospecting because your closers, while they should be prospecting to a certain extent, you always want to keep their calendars full. Um, so how can we marry these ideas and create a better playbook considering marketing and sales? So first of all, we have the broken MQL. The MQL is another thing that is entirely dead. The reason why the MQL is dead is because people don't like to do this anymore. People don't like to be a lead score. People don't like to be called. People don't like to be cold called as much as they used to. And people are really privy to what prospecting is. So no buyer or salesperson is interested in MQLs. Like I said, there's this perception that an, SQ, an MQL is a waste of time. They really want to talk to sales-ready leads. Um, moreover, so this is my grand theory, and this is what we've been trying to implement in Bloom Growth Studio, which is your SDR as a marketer. So what does that mean? Your SDR talks to more potential customers than anyone else in the company. By the time you have an SDR, your, SEO, your CEO is focused on raising money or closing deals, while the SDR engages with people that are on the cusp of your kingdom, of whether or not they actually want your product. Um, so how do we have those people, how do you have the best experience? So in other sales experiences, when you go in and you want something, somebody greets you at the, in the store and helps you through the sales process. If you go in and you're trying to buy a pair of pants at Nordstrom, a Nordstrom sales associate who is commission only will come in and help you through it. If you want a used car, somebody will come and they will assign themselves to you. That is what I'm proposing with the marketing SDR. So when I go and engage with the brand, I should see their SDRs as these sales associates in the virtual front of their business. Um, the best SDRs that I've seen consistently post on LinkedIn, <clears throat> engage with content relevant to their product, um, and are recognizable for visitors. So by the time you reach out to that business, when you're ready to convert, you know who the SDR is, and you feel like you have a trusted hand guiding you through the process. Um, also, uh, SDRs, to figure out, to, to help them be integrated with the MQL process, 
they should be notified about how and when marketing campaigns happen. So there's this, like I said, there's this trade-off between, okay, the MQL is now handed off when truly the SDR should be the ones generating the MQLs. They should be the ones helping you execute on the marketing campaigns. Um, and this ultimately bridges the gap between marketing and sales. Typically, in any sales organization, the SDR is assigned to an SDR manager and a couple AEs. And those two people have different uh, prerogatives, and the SDR has a meetings goal they have to fit. What they don't have is a, I followed up with all the marketing leads goal. They don't have a, I made sure that the marketing spend was worth it goal. I don't have a post-organic content and generate my own inbound goal. Um, and that's what we try to change at Bloomgrow. So what have I found in terms of metrics from this? Like I said, this is a pretty spare uh, presentation, but finding the right channel decreases CAC. So finding the right channel and then also having a marketing SDR be an extension of your campaigns, 20 to 40% discount CAC. Effective SDRs increase your pipeline velocity. So pipeline and sales velocity is another really hotly contested thing where you know, a lot of folks will say, okay, it's, the problem is your sales process. You're not getting from opportunity to close one fast enough because your AEs aren't diligent enough. That's a theory. Another theory is the channel isn't representative of real buyer intent. If the channel is not re representative of real buyer intent, you're talking to folks in a channel that aren't ready to buy. Um, I think it's more of the latter, um, but effective SDRs help people move along that because, like I said, if your SDR is in the front of the store, you're going to buy the pair of slacks a lot faster. Um, and then making the most out of your dollar because there's nothing that a seed or series A startup can afford less than investing in marketing and not getting the ROAS on that. Especially as you know, the VC uh, funding decreases year over year and companies have less dry powder, getting the most out of your ROAS is as important as ever. All right, so over the last, minute, over the last 20 minutes, what we talked about is my contrarian takes of how to marry sales and marketing, what an SDR actually is, when to invest in these products, and actually how to invest in a marketing channel. Um, thank you all for uh, joining us today. Uh, I host a podcast called the Pipeline Superheroes Podcast, where I bring on folks who are uh, interested in sales and marketing and have their own uh, unique approach to that. So if you want to hear more unique takes to marketing, join that. Um, everyone, please add me on LinkedIn. Also, uh, my team is offering free marketing strategy workshops to any B2B SaaS companies. We'll go through all of the parts of your marketing, your pipeline, your CRM, your website, and provide uh, resources and, and guides for how to grow your company. Uh, essentially, what we want to do is give away the answers and sell the implementation. Thank you.